Hello, Roundtable fans, and welcome to a very special edition of the Roundtable of Gentlemen. Back in November, me and Ed sat down with Danny Bedrosian, the keyboardist for Parliament Funkadelic, and we figured that today, 420, is the perfect day to release this interview. So check it out. Uh, we talk about P-Funk. We talk about Secret Army, which is uh, Danny's solo project. We uh, talk about... Funk in general, man. We just play a bunch of funk. It's a hell of a time. So uh, here she goes. The round table. Gentlemen. Hi. Let's broaden our minds. Lay on, gentlemen, and let them know what's what. Fire at will. It's time for action, gentlemen. Gentlemen of the round table. What's the topic of discussion? Civility, gentlemen. Always civility. Hey everybody, what's going on? Thank you for tuning in. This is an extra special edition of the Roundtable of Gentlemen. Uh, it's not even a, really an episode. We're just going to fucking talk about funk, play some funk. Me, I'm here, Ed Larson, the big ham, chubby fats. And to my left, sitting here, Marcus Parks. How you doing, baby? Pretty good. Marcus Parks, skinny bacon. Skinny little bacon. Little wiener. Yeah, little wiener. <laughs> <laughs> baby scratching at the window. <laughs> and Mr. Horse, Danny Bedrosian from Secret Army, keyboardist for P-Funk. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm bareback. You're bareback. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, man. Doing good. Good to be here with you guys. Good to be. Good to see you, man. Likewise. You, you fucking always look slightly worse than me. <laughs> <laughs> and I love you for it. And <laughs> I really appreciate it. Nice, man. nice. Uh, Danny, uh, if you've been listening to uh, Brighter Side, he's been on the two episodes. He was the first guest we ever had on Brighter Side, and he is an old friend of mine and the funkiest motherfucker I've ever met. Woo woo. That includes anyone you've introduced me to, by nice. the way, because <laughs> awesome. they're all, you know, they're black, you know, but, <laughs> <laughs> and you just feel it in your Armenian bones. That's right. I do. Oh, yeah. And yep. so today I just wanted to get down to it, have some fun and talk about funk and listen to some funk music because God damn it, the world needs it. And funk is such a powerful thing that means so much to everybody and doesn't necessarily get the respect it deserves as a as an art form. Agreed. Uh, sometimes, uh, real quick, let's just like, what, Danny, if I could ask you, what's the difference between like funk and soul? Great. That's a great question. Um, I think it's one of the most often prescribed questions to people in the funk world because yeah. I think there's a combination of people who do know what it is and, and want to get the answer from the quote-unquote experts and the other half of the people just have no idea. So yeah. it's such a great uh, educational thing. So like funk... To make it, oh God, as, as short of a version as I can say, it's, it's sort of this historical American music that was born out of the African-American experience mm -hmm. in America. But unlike most forms of music in America, it has breaks. Like there are breaks in the, in the periods of funk. So there was a version that they were calling funk that was referring to these old shacks and shanties that people were dancing at in like the like post-slave Reconstruction South um, a place where black folks could go be free and independent and interdependent. So, and like 1880, there was probably funk. yeah. That's 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 one of the now now that's the first American use of the of the term. Really, it, it also goes back to this key Congo tribe. I just can't imagine people back then saying the word funk. I know, <laughs> because in the 20th century, it did become a bad word, and so there is that. But by this time, 
much like uh, being Some a farmer and smoking weed. Word. Yeah, <laughs> just like being a farmer and smoking weed in the 1880s, it wasn't a big deal. And then in the 1980s, it would have been a big deal. So yeah. just like funk. Um, but there's an older version of it too. It came from Africa. The Kifungu tribe in the Congo yeah. have a word called funk, which has to do with like the elder in the tribe emanating this sort of not really a smell as much as like a, an aura, if you yeah. will, that everybody kind of wants to be, but only the oldest cat can really have in, okay. the, in their tribe, and it kind of translated into whatever they were calling it in America. Then a bunch of time went by, and funk sort of disappeared again in America. And then in the 1920s, it was started again by this jazz saxophonist named Louis Jordan. And Louis Jordan was playing this really hard jazz, like jazz, but with a real edge on it. And it yeah. was just like all the guys in the 20s and 30s, except it was just a little bit more, uh, a little more edge on it. Where did he come from? Oh, Louis Jordan. Is he in New York? He might be from New York. Oh. I'm not totally sure. We have to look that up. Okay. But um but he, you know, he was in movies and stuff. He was a big big part of the African American experience in, you know, the post Harlem Renaissance, all that stuff, but mm -hmm. he was calling his music funk, not jazz. Okay. Then uh another 20 years go by, 26, 27 years go by without funk as an art form in America. And then it's brought back again by Mr. James Brown. Most funk historians trace it back to a song called Cold Sweat, okay, which yeah. was a big James Brown hit. It was the first time that he started using the one, where the one is in, in, in musical terms, it's the first beat. Yeah. And funk is pretty heavy on the first beat. At least the most recent version of funk we're talking about. The, the one is really heavy. Everything's on the one. Everything is on the one. I love that. So, shit. you know, the rhythm instruments were getting more of a play. Yeah, you hear. And the horns were doing rhythm parts. So, like, the horns used to be melodic instruments, but now mm -hmm. they're playing, like, you know, just like real rhythmic stuff. And the bass is more all over the place, but heavy on the one and the drums, too. Yeah. And so this created a whole formula for. For people after Sly and the Family Stone, George Clinton, Parliament Funkadelic, Prince, the hip-hop world, the world of R&B and dance music, they all took a cue from funk in, in that way, from this kind of most recent version of funk. And we're still in that cold sweat era of funk today. Yeah. So there hasn't been a break since James Brown. Even in the 80s. Even in the 80s, because yeah. you had Prince and Cameo and Zap and that's George right. Clinton and all those things. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fishbone, all you know, living, yeah, that's living color. Man, chili peppers. Chili peppers, huge. Chili pe first couple of chili peppers is some of the funkiest shit. Funkiest, yeah. Uh, mother's funky. milk, mother's milk, funky, yeah. freaky, styly. George produced it. So Gotta hear like, Brother's Cup, man. Brother's Cup, always, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, man. I love that. It's shit. a very tear the roof off the sucker type of. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's parliament. completely ripped off. Yeah, it's very. <laughs> but you know, George produced it, so it's it's. Definitely, oh, he did. Yeah, the whole freaky styly album was produced by George. In oh, fact, shit. you could go ahead and almost call that album a p pretty much call it a p funk album because the horn. Horns are on it, mm -hmm. members of P Funk are on it, guitar players, singers, backup vocalists, all these people, and George produced it. So wow. it's like more almost more of a P Funk record than a Chili Peppers record if you listen to it. It's got horn arrangements and all these like really like mm -hmm. polyrhythmic things and all these vocals and stuff. And George is singing on practically every track with Anthony Kiedis. So so that's a really George Clinton album. He was doing a lot of that back then. A lot. Still is doing a lot of production. Yeah. You know, he still does a lot of a lot of production and stuff, you know. Um but that was his first foray into the sort of punk punk funk that was happening in the 80s in California and places like that. Um, and then those guys really started taking, you know, I guess they always listened to them. The Fishbone guys, the um, uh, Weapon of Choice, Red Hot Chili Peppers, all of those bands from out west really took to him and, and you know, and were really influenced by him. As well as the rappers, of course, with Gangsta Rap and all of that stuff. But not just Gangsta Rap, East Coast Rap was heavily influenced by, you know, the New York sound was heavily influenced by P-Funk as well. De La Soul, 
uh, Tribe Called Quest, the, the Philly guys, the Roots, all those, you know, they had a heavy uh, P-Funk influence. So there was a lot of uh, good good music come out of Philly? Because I, I kept yeah. racking my brain recently, and I couldn't think anything past Boys to Men. Well, the Philly sound. You got to go back uh, go back 20 years. The Philly sound, Sound of Philadelphia, T-S-O-P. Yeah. T-S-O-P? T-S-O-P. What were they singing? Uh, the, the writers of the Sound of Philadelphia guys were... Um, Oh wow, and it's just it's like, okay. I'm over time. Yeah, so great, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, and uh, there were these two famous writers. For some reason, it's just and every one of my friends and contemporaries right now is like, you don't remember the name? Yes, I can't remember. But uh, 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 these two writers, anyway, they wrote all of that. They wrote the o- the OJ's Philadelphia. Yeah. They wrote that Harold ha- uh, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. Oh, okay. Philadelphia. Oh, awesome. Um, Tom Hanks. Nice. Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, uh, but, you know, like Teddy Pendergrass and all those guys. It yeah. wasn't really funk. It was kind of like soul funk with, like, a little disco edge. Yeah. And that was, like, the sound of Philadelphia. Lots of strings, lots of orchestration mixed with this funky kind of... They had their own sound in the 70s. That's fucking yeah. cool as shit, yep. man. You're so articulate. Oh. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I almost feel bad asking questions. I feel like I'm ruining what you're, <laughs> you're talking <stupid>. about. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, you know what? We're here to hear some funk music. Let's get into it. Let's listen to a P-Funk song. This is a, you know, my funk, my favorite Funkadelic song changes every week. Me too. You know, but um, this one has been it about 30 times. And uh, so we're going to play uh, Ick a Prick. It's awesome. off of the uh, the Electric Spanking of War Babies. Yes. Which is a difficult album to find, apparently. Is it? I think yeah. it's pretty easy to find. I th- it thought it was. I actually used to own a CD, but now yeah. I've been looking for it, and it's been bothering me. Oh. It's not on Spotify. It's not on... But you can find this song on YouTube if you want to hear it. Right. It's uh, called Ick a Prick by Funkadelic off of the Electric Spanking of War Babies. Enjoy it. Listen to the Quikas. Let's the Q-Track. Can you imagine this? Ick a prick and I'm 
<laughs> yeah, that ending is the best I love it so much man That song fucking rips me to shreds That whole album does It's a beast And uh, you were saying that is uh, the last Funkadelic album to come out So yeah, so that was released in 1981 mm-hmm. And you know, George and them They have a bun- bunch of different bands Funkadel- Not to be confused with, with Parliament, Parliament Or, or the P-Funk Stars yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Or George Clinton's solo albums But it's all the same band It's all the same mm-hmm. people It's just the concept that's different Funkadelic was always very revolutionary Sometimes more guitar dominated um, more of a message in the music. Yeah. Whereas Parliament was more about the hits. But this was the last Funkadelic album. It was 33 years ago. The last official Funkadelic release, yeah. not including compilations and things. And so this new Funkadelic album just came out um, on the 25th. And it's called First You Gotta Shake the Last Gate. Tuesday. Last Tuesday. I love the cover. Oh, I do too. Yeah, Pedro Bell, the, yeah. the guy who did all the Funkadelic covers, all the artwork for Funkadelic, so it keeps up the, the tradition of that. And it's 33 songs, three discs, and George describes it as uh, one, one song for every year since we haven't done a Funkadelic album. And 66 people involved. Uh, and it's like all these threes. You know, 66 these. people involved? Now, that's not just musicians, correct? Uh, musicians and singers. Musicians and singers? Yeah. You don't consider singers musicians. <laughs> <laughs> well, the union... <laughs> <laughs> the union doesn't either. Oh, okay. So, like, right. if you're if you're a musician, you're a member of the American Federation of Musicians. If you're in the union, oh, if you're okay. a singer, and I'm in both because I sing and play. Yeah. If you're a singer, you're a member of the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. Oh. Which is also actors and DJs. So interesting. Yeah. What for whatever reason. All right. So anyway, we're going back to Ikaprik. How did something this fucking dirty come yeah. out in 1981 and not just get you know bombed? Right. Well. George had already done some pretty scatological and filthy 
type of lyrics in some of his music with Absolutely. Funkadelic in Parliament already. I, Especially I Funkadelic. Yeah. And I think, uh, th- I'm sure that they didn't know that this was going to be the last Funkadelic song on the last Funkadelic album for 33 years. I'm yeah. sure they didn't know that. But strangely enough, it is. Um, but it, it wasn't because of the filthy language. In fact, in places like Detroit and other places where, when that first came out, it was, you know, it was a big deal song, and I think the filthiness mm-hmm. added to it. It was definitely a precursor to hip-hop in two ways. It was the first P-Funk song to use a drum machine. Yeah. And the first, and not the first one, but one that really went deep into the into the potty mouth stuff. Yeah, and uh, and that was both of those were big precursors to hip hop. Mm-hmm. Eighty one. Yeah. Ain't no decent dick in, in Detroit. Detroit. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Check my nine, man. I can just see Mike Hampton playing, coming in with that, just yep. like scowling, yep. coming off, just a just a frown on his face. Yep. He's Mike. so mad at the fucking <laughs> at the funk. My- <laughs> Yeah, Mike Hampton on guitar, Lige Curry on bass, Davis Bradley on keys, George and Gary and Ron Ford singing. That's amazing. And Lodge is in uh, your band, Secret Army, Yes, right? yes. He's the bass player for my band as yeah. well. Yeah. That's Since a uh, founding member. Yeah. That's amazing. And we're going to listen to some of that later. But cool. now we want to uh, go into the most recent Funkadelic album that right. came out on Tuesday, uh, Shake the Gate. Go fucking buy it. Yes. Please buy it. We need you to buy it. Or just listen to it on Rhapsody. Do these yeah. guys a favor. Uh, but Danny... Uh, you have a couple songs you want us to hear off the album? Yeah, the first one is called Boom, There We Go Again, and I'm proud to say that uh, other than George, I'm on more songs than any other contributor to the album. That's so I'm fucking on cool. 17 of the songs. I'm 17 really, of 33. Of 33, I'm very proud of that. It's a little more than half. A little 51%. You just, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm really proud of that, and so this one I play all over, the keys, and uh, I only sing on one, so I thought I'd pick that one. I sing like a verse, a little part. Great. Um, and that's Boom, There We Go Again, and then the other one we picked is Jolene, which is a favorite of yours. Yeah. I like and it's it. a great, it, we've done it live with P Funk many times. It's a pretty well known live melody and arrangement yeah. that, that has been finally put out. No, I totally, I, I, I recognized it when I heard it, but uh, man, I just, you know, if you're going to sing about doo doo, I'm on board. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got that doo doo. All right. So let's hear it now. Uh, what's the first one again? I'm sorry. Uh, boom, there we go again. Boom, there we go again by Funkadelic. Yeah, 
again. Yeah, it would be absurd to think we never heard of this. You're talking shit, and every word's a turd of it. It would be ludicrous to think that we are new to this. Oh, we do this. We do do this. I don't hear any music.
Got that shit? Got that doo-doo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> Fucking, I swear to God, I sing it in my sleep. <laughs> nice. So that was off of the new album. That last song you just heard was Jolene, uh, not to be uh, confused with Donnie Parton. Nice. And uh, if uh, Danny, uh, you said uh, while we were in the break there that... Uh, that Sly was on six of the songs? Sly is on six of the songs that's on the new album. That's fucking crazy. Is that yep. the first time that Sly has ever been on an album with uh, Funkadelic? No, actually, he was in the band in the late 70s and early 80s. What? In fact, you're one of your favorite albums, Electric Spank and War Baby. He's all over that. No shit. Funk Gets Stronger. Really? He's on both of those. That's fucking amazing. Yep. Oh, yep. I love that. Singing and playing. Oh, damn. Yep. I feel like a real stupid fucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's going through some hard. He, he's yeah. been through some hard times lately. Like, right. is he doing all right now? I think he's doing a lot better now. I mean, the yeah. fact that he's on an album and George was very instrumental in helping get him out and doing things because he's still got a lot to say. And, yeah. I mean, there's one song on this album that blows my mind every time I hear it. So I'm still very much, and it's hit one of the ones he wrote. It's what called, song is that? If I didn't love you. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I mean, yeah. Sly has a very specific way of writing a song. Yeah. And I think as a keyboard player and a funk guy, I have stupid respect for him because he just changed the way that people arrange songs and record them. He's got his own way of recording. It's really deep. That's he's really, he's a really eccentric character. He's I great. Love and uh, George has always been a big fan of uh, Sly, right? Huge fan of Sly. I remember uh, once you were in college, Danny was uh, teaching me about funk because I knew a little <laughs> bit and he knew, like he could see that I loved it. You know, but like, and he was just like, he kind of just tutored me for like three years on nice. funk. And uh, he gave me, uh, the one of the first albums you gave me was There's a Riot Going On. Nice. And uh, you when you gave it to me, you're like, this is George's favorite album. Yeah, I think it is George's favorite. It's definitely his favorite Sly album. It might yeah. be one of his favorite albums of all time. It's definitely one of his favorite albums of all time. And the way you described it to me was perfectly put, it's depressing funk. Yeah. It's a oh. sad funk, which is, is a weird thing to exist. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, it's just, it doesn't make much sense. But I picked a song off of this called uh, Just Like a Baby. I want everyone to, and we're going to play a couple Sly songs here. And uh, it's one, you know, little lesser known songs. You know, they're popular, but you should know about these. And uh, get in there. And there's a lot of Sly that you think you know, but you don't know. Yeah. All right. So uh, this first song we're going to listen to is Just Like a Baby. And it's off a riot going on. Let's hear some of this, Marcus. Such a smooth opening. Yeah. God, I just want to. Fuck one of you right now. That's some smooth ass shit. Ooh. All right. And then we're going to keep on moving, which is uh, a cover 
by uh, Sign the Family Stone off of the album Fresh. Now, I'm not sure if this was originally on the album. Yeah. Or, uh, oh, it was? Yeah, it was or, originally on the album. Because I know there's some bonus tracks on here that... Uh, oh. That uh, that are pretty fucking great, but they might just be uh, remastered songs. Like, Maybe this is such a great album. It's uh, you know, it, it's got a uh, babies making babies oh, yeah, that's and a great stuff one. like that. Yeah, yeah. You guys got to check out this album. It's the one of uh, Sly doing a karate kick on the cover. Yeah. So uh, get out there. This one's off fresh. Everyone listen to K Sera Sera, Oscar winning song sung by Doris Day. <laughs> tell you man a few years ago i was living off of the m train mm-hmm. and it was one of the most worst depressing parts of my life and i was listening to a lot of sly and the family stone what stop uh the central stop on the m yeah absolutely awful neighborhood in bushwick <laughs> or just listening to the song and looking out over all these fucking horrible burnout houses and all the pigeon coops on the roofs and just mm-hmm. remember to listen to this just thinking it's gonna be okay man we're it's all gonna be all right. Like Not for those pigeons, though. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's just everything's gonna work out, man. Just fucking get through it. Get out of this fucking place. Everything will be cool, man. Love this fucking jam. All right, so we know Sly now. We've heard uh, two of these songs here. They're both kind of slow. Uh, that isn't necessarily what Sly is known for. Sure. So I wanted to play something that really fucking kicks. And everyone knows everything off of uh, those other albums, you know, off of Stand and all that stuff. I wanted to play a song off of the album Life. It's the first song on the album. It's called Dynamite. Uh, and, man, listen to the way this thing kicks off. It's so fucking powerful. I love playing at the Murderfish shows. Check it out. Dynamite with an explanation point. See her twice. Miss Clean, I've got the wishing moon. When I went out, she turned on the light. Made my heart beat dynamite. Dynamite, dynamite, dynamite. Miss Clean 
what a bad motherfucker, man. Love him so much. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, I, I, I'm so mad at myself I never got into those first two albums until recently. And this is off the third album. Yeah. But those first two albums are fucking crucial. My favorite is the first one. Oh, my God. Whole new thing. I love it. Love it. I fucking love it. Yes. All right, but uh, now we want to move on. I want to talk about... Uh, there's funk... Uh, you know, we've been... Talking about how funk is an American institution mm -hmm. and uh, how it was mostly created here, but also uh, other countries have picked it up. And Marcus brought to my attention some crazy shit. Uh, go ahead, take it away, buddy. Yeah, man, I found this uh, compilation of all Soviet funk. Right? And this <laughs> is, a, it's not just Russian funk, like, this is Soviet era 1970s breadlines funk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Second so world. So basically, if the guitarist died, another guy comes in, picks up the guitar, and just starts playing. <laughs> That's industrial. <laughs> <laughs> and this, and really, like this uh, compilation that I have, I have to kind of choose a song at random because all the song titles and all the artists are it's all Cyrillic. It's all Cyrillic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have no idea what any of it says. All I know is that, like, that one looks like Yak Nink. Mm -hmm. Possibly So, so Cyrillic That's like Toasted clay <laughs> <laughs> No that's ceramic uh, <laughs> oh, oh, Alright yeah, Keep going Keep going, keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I just kind of have And they use the term Funk pretty broadly sure. In this It's like Some of the songs are Like oh it's got A wah pedal on it Oh that's funk Okay uh, But yeah I'm just gonna pick One at random That uh, we can listen to here These are the Polish guys No this is Soviet Oh okay Now, Danny, how much flute do you hear in FIFA? <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes there's some flute. Depends on who's playing. But you guys would, like, really, like, make fun. If there was, like, you guys hired a flute player, basically hire him just to make fun of him. No. <laughs> usually... Usually the sax player plays flute. Oh, okay. If he's gonna, if somebody's gonna play. Flute. If someone's playing the flute, it's the sax guy. <laughs> Not hiring no fucking flute guy. Flautist. <laughs> it's pretty fucking good though, you know. It is good. I like it. Yeah. Danny, you played a lot of shows in Russia, right? Yeah, yeah, a lot of shows. Uh, Moscow, St. Petersburg, with my band and with George. What's up with the crowds out there? How do? They, how is it? They're huge, actually, yeah? and. You know, I'm really surprised as to the amount of people in these, like, not exotic, but just very un-American countries that tend to really like funk to the point of having a lot of funk bands. Russia, there's a whole bunch of funk bands that I work with. Yeah. One called Clone. They're Clone. incredible. All right. Incredible. Um, but there's a whole bunch of them. The Urban Funk Army, Felix Lahuti, Funky Land. I can go on and on. There's a bunch of, like, and to be honest with them, not to dog our own people, but a lot of them are funkier than most of the American young American bands I've seen. Yeah? Yeah. Wow. Than some American funk bands. That's amazing. Young. I and mean, I think what we have in America, and possibly the reason why those bands over there are a little more funk, because I think in America, we're spoiled for choice as far as genres go. Yes. Uh -huh. We can listen to, like, I can play you... 50 different genres right now at the touch of a more. button at the touch of a button yeah. but out there in like say Russia they don't have that same two genre <laughs> two genre and he's got funk we got the piano and fish. Yeah, man, they specialize. They specialize like a motherfucker. It's like I listen to funk because I've got, uh, like, say, uh, Gogo Bordello. Like, that guy, yeah. he grew up in the Ukraine, and he said all he had to listen to was, like, one reel-to-reel -reel of Search and Destroy. Oh, wow. And that was it. So oh, he wow. just sat there and listened to Search and Destroy over and over and over again. But he also heard a lot of that traditional 
traditional Eastern European stuff. So by the time he got, you know, a band together, that's what it was. It was gypsy punk. Right. Yeah. So that I think these people like they are just very focused on what they got. Yeah. So, and they got it so much later in the game that it was like you know, when the when the Iron Curtain fell, so to speak, a lot of the Soviet bloc was getting American some American music for the first time. Yeah. So they've only had the funk since say the nineties. That's you know? amazing. And so it's still very underground. That's there. fucking scary. And uh, <laughs> it's fucking scary. <laughs> but, but there's good funk bands. All of this funk bands in Japan and funk bands in Australia and New Zealand and France and the Netherlands and your England and and and. Argentina and Chile and all. I want to play some Polish funk right Let's now. Oh yeah, yeah, man. yeah. Polish funk, tight as shit. Man. Nice. Stupid yeah. people, good at math. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah, man. Yeah. I like this more than the Russians. Oh yeah, the Polish are better than the Russians. Definitely. I'm mostly Polish, so that might be why it speaks to me. <laughs> Yeah, this whole, it's just called Polish Fung. It's fantastic compilation, nice. man. I can't believe he got an accordion to sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> More flutes. They love them. Yeah, they, it's all Eastern European. Yeah, they got flutes in there. I don't know, man. They're just trying to get the rats out of the studio. <laughs> No man, I gotta get you. <laughs> I gotta get you this uh, compilation called Heavy Flute. Oh, I love it. That it's all like Damn. funky flute shit, huh. uh, but it's like really intense flute wow. shit. It's really good, man. Huh? Whew. Yeah, we play in Warsaw sometimes too. They're definitely funky. They got the yeah, fun- yeah they got the funk over there. Did you ever uh, go to a concentration camp? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, what is funkier, Auschwitz or Bergen Belsen? You ever play Auschwitz? <laughs> Do you and George ever play Auschwitz? Are by are by Mark Dachau in the spring is beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's some Polish funk right there. God, nice. I don't think I could have d- disgraced it worse. <laughs> it was funky. I liked it. A little thing on it. Oh, I loved it. I yeah, thought it was yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, it's great stuff, man. Now, Danny, uh, something's very confusing to a lot of people. You've taught me this a million times, but, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the people out here can't hear my brain. So okay. I'm going to have you go into it uh, intensely as you, as you would like. Okay. What is... There's Parliament, there's Funkadelic, there's P-Funk, P-Funk All-Stars. What's going on? So it's all essentially the same group of musicians over a really protracted period of time. Yeah, it's everyone's, yeah, it's the same cast. Same cast. All George, George as the producer, George as the, the leader, the band leader, the ring leader, the referee. You know, it's, it's, it's all his stuff. Um, but like I was saying before, Funkadelic is a little more revolutionary. They kind of skated on the black rock thing for a long time. There was always a joke that like they were too white for blacks and too black for whites. They actually um, caught fame uh, first in England. Right? Yeah, Funkadelic had a lot of, yeah, in the UK, but also in black America, like in Detroit, but also in white America in the colleges. So it was like specific scenes where they started picking up first. Mm -hmm. Whereas Parliament, another entity, but the same members, also George, was a little more horn and vocal dominated 
uh, funk R&B, the hit machine, if you will. Now, Funkadelic had some hits, especially later, but Parliament had more hits. Parliament was more the hit maker. Yeah. And um, also, you know, very meaningful music and lyrics, but sometimes a little less revolutionary, a little bit more about the party, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, then you got, like, P-Funk is just sort of, you can just, P-Funk is like the genre or the subgenre. A lot of people um, pretty much maintain that P-Funk is its own genre, yeah. separate from funk, related maybe, but separate. I, I could totally see that. A lot of people say that. So P-Funk is just sort of Parliament Funkadelic, or mm -hmm. Pure Funk, yeah. which is like the other terminology for it, the Pure Funk, Uncut Funk. Mm -hmm. um, the bomb. The bomb. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, P-Funk All-Stars was started... After the after the seventies, when the they lost the rights to use the band's names in contractual, you know, legality mm -hmm. stuff, and so they started using the P Funk All Stars and touring under that name. Okay, but it was still basically all the guys from Parliament Funkadelic. Mm -hmm. So um, the band has evolved over time. George has used a number of different, and then there's I mean side projects galore. Everybody in the band has a couple bands, yeah, and, and most of them work with George as well on on the side. How many people are in the band right now? Touring, like touring in the band right now. Yeah, how many people uh, are playing at BB King's tonight? Oh, at BB King's tonight, uh, maybe twenty five. Twenty five uh, musicians and, and singers? singers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About that. It's just like two bass players, two keyboard players, two drummers, three guitarists, two horns, and then like I don't know, ten or twelve or fourteen singers. So there's like three seconds of silence in the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> So people are just rotating out the entire time, uh, or is well, everyone on stage all at there once? There are periods where everybody's on stage, for wow. sure. But it really has to do with what George, like, uh, everybody has specific parts. It looks like a big chaotic thing, but it's really a lot more, uh, you know, Yeah, let me ask you about that. Like, because everyone says, you know, the James Brown's, like, style as yeah. far as arranging and orchestrating very famous like if a guy fucked up he was fine. off stage yeah, yeah. fine yeah. that's what yeah, yeah yeah so how does uh george take care of that like what's his approach to that sort of thing so people who have played with both of them and there's a lot of guys who have who've played with james and george always like to make this distinction and i think that this the distinction is mostly made because of physical appearance a and what everybody is supposed to believe being. Mm -hmm. And I think that that has to do with, like, they always say, oh, James Brown was really strict, which he was. But George kind of lets you do what you want, which he kind of does. But the but where that kind of is gray. The is, outfits, is, definitely. The outfits, <laughs> definitely. So on the physical, you know, it's come as you are, wear what you want, act how you want on stage. That he was never as stringent as James. I love that. I was just watching. He's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, no one says no. No one, no one says yeah. no. It's like, I'm going to dress like a chic. All right. Yeah. You know, to have a good that time. Works. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to ever complain or, 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 yeah, that's the last thing anybody would complain about. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but the music, the funny thing about it is, I think musically, and granted, I can only speak for my era and what I know of the history of the band, but yeah. I've been in the band 12 years now, and I can state that George is also one of these pretty stringent band director dudes who knows exactly what he wants and knows how to get that out of his musicians better than any almost anybody else in the world and you know what i think a lot of people don't realize but i heard uh, Questlove speak on this in an interview once said how james brown and george clinton's band members had some of the hardest jobs in the history of of american music mm. and it's because okay yeah our band director doesn't um 
He's not in a well. He's in a suit now, I guess. But he's not mm-hmm. like making us wear, you know, we have suits too, and not making us da da da. But he knows exactly what he wants in the parts of the songs, and he's very strict about how those are supposed to be. Yeah. He's very strict about who plays on what songs, what parts, and and you know, at least in my early years, he was not averse to finding himself. Yeah. So he also, you know, comes from that fine throw the hand up, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, whatever you want to call that. Um, yeah, but all bands do that. Most, all bands do that? I mean, I, from what, I mean, I'm just basing this off of, you know, like <laughs> documentaries I've seen and oh. shit like that. But like if well, some people yeah. fuck up, you get fined. Some bands, especially in, I've noticed in black American music, they've been a really st- band, strict band leaders like, uh, what's my man's name? Y'all are going to make a joke about it. But uh, Tina, Ike Turner. Ike Turner. Yeah, Yo, man. I, so yeah. he's really hard on yeah. his band members. Yeah, man. Yeah, New York Post. Not just when he, <laughs> New York Post when he died. Ike Turner can't beat death. Oh. <laughs> that was the headline. Damn. <laughs> yeah. That's I, I, I will never forget that. Oh. that was just like, I never like, wow. But Way he to was, just sum up the. I turned it, first of all, I turned it, created rock and roll. Nice. <laughs> you know, like, nice. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's an example. Or Rick James, he also was really hard on his band in a way that maybe George isn't, and that George will hear your idea. Yeah. So George is more democratic in that way, and he also depends on the energy and the strength and vitality of the people he puts around him. He's a smart, brilliant producer who knows what he wants to, to, to have sound. So in that same way as James Brown, in a lot of ways, he is like that. Maybe not as strict on the outset. Maybe not as strict looking. Yeah. But definitely musically, he, he is very strict when it comes to what he wants to hear. So... Man, that's cool as shit. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and we never know what we're going to play. He just tells us, like, you know, right before the show, like, right before the show, oh, we're starting with this. Tell them. Man. And then as each song ends, he tells us what the next one is going to be. How many songs are in the P-Funk catalog? Oh, tens of thousands. So you could pick any song and you, you have to know any, it? And you sort of have to know it, yeah. Yeah, you just got to figure it out. You I mean, figure you know, it out. at least live, you know, it's one thing I can say that I love about you guys is, you know, no song I've ever heard sounds the same. Yeah, you know? then there's that, right? Because there's different ways everybody played it over the years. Mm-hmm. Like Next year we'll be celebrating our 60th year as a what? band. Yeah, doesn't so. fu- doesn't Funkdelic have the record for the longest serving P-Funk in general? P-funk, yeah, yeah, in general. Yeah, I think so. Um longest running American band with the band director still alive. Yeah. Um and probably the biggest discography of any single musical group, musical yeah. unit. I'm not going to say band because it's like a multitude of bands, but any like circle of musicians, they're yeah. probably, it's, we're like the biggest discography. That's fucking bananas. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't believe that you did this, that many songs that you have to choose or that yeah, you have to choose from. I mean, just... now, granted, the hardcore fans want to hear the rarer, the better. Yeah. But the majority of people coming to the shows want to hear like 16 certain songs. Yeah. Yeah. So like in various, you know, he really doesn't care what other people think. He's going to do what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, depending on the crowd, the demographic because our demographic changes drastically from city to city and country to country continent to continent so he look at it and gauge it and be like okay this is more say uh, an older black crowd and we're in the south okay we have to start with a hit and we have to kind of maintain hits throughout more Mm -hmm. parliament than funkadelic and 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 hits atomic dog or not just knee deep uh, flashlight one eight as many of those type of songs as possible give up the funk and a good order for it then we could play at a college and maybe play one hit, if that. You know, you never know. We could open with Maggot Brain, which is this, like, guitar opus that's, like, 13 minutes long or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, it really depends on, A, his mood, B, the way the demographic uh, seems like it's going to be, and, and also who we're playing with that night, you know, who we're doubled with. Nice. And then, um, 
Now you were we were talking about uh, down south for you know you're just using it as a reference, but uh, one of the most interesting things you told me is how uh, you know I'm a big Skinner fan, and that's like when you were oh, getting yeah. me into P Funk, I was like, Danny, we gotta listen to Skinner, we gotta listen to Skinner. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, I remember you were telling me how Sweet Home Alabama is this uh, P Funk song or a Funkadelic song off of Cosmic Slop. Uh, can't stand the strain. It follows the exact same arrangement. Now, as can you can't explain it? Go into the details before we hear it. So, okay, so the version we're going to hear is from 1973, but the music itself was written far oh, a lot further back than that. It was mm-hmm. written originally for a song called "Whatever Makes My Baby Feel Good" by George Clinton, Rose Williams, and Funkadelic. That was the name of the. It was before any Funkadelic album. Too. It was like oh, 1968. Wow. So the original music was written at least in 68. At least. Okay. Then this version they ch- they used lyrics from another song called Can't Stand the Strain and they turned it into this new version of Can't Stand the Strain. So in a way, George sampled himself. Okay. Okay, before sampling even existed. He was redoing his songs, combining the music from one and the lyrics from another and creating a new song. He did that with Can You Get to That also. He did that with a lot of songs. The Goose, Can You Get to That, Red Hot Mama, All Your Goodies Are Gone, Testify, tons of songs. And, um... So that I don't know what year Sweet Home Alabama came out or when they wrote it for sure. I'm pretty sure it was uh, 75 or 76. Five. Okay, so okay, six. Yeah, so it's definitely these songs pre are precursors to that, and they definitely follow the exact same uh, musical part. It's like the same music. So it's an interesting, interesting to see how many bands have been influenced by by Funkadelic. You know, Led, Led, uh, Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Chili Peppers, like we talked about, Rage Against the Machine. People we don't Not always to know all about. of hip hop, all of hip hop, yeah. Erica Badu, D'Angelo. I mean, all these people that were heavily influenced uh, by Funkadelic music. And I think there's also quite a few rock bands, quite a few white rock bands, especially in the '70s, mm-hmm. that were that would go to the shows and were super influenced by it. Yeah. yeah. Just learning what these do. All right, so let's hear uh, by Leonard Skinner, Sweet Home, Alabama. (laughs) I get the strangest feeling you've grown tired of me.
All right, can't stand the strain by Funkadelic. That shit, nasty is nasty. Yeah, ain't nothing before you but thang, baby. Oh, woo. <laughs> I love that when you described it's a song off of uh, Osmium, Osmium, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I, lo- I love when you were describing it. Just like what I'm like, what is thang? You're like, th- what is thang, Danny? Thang is like. <laughs> <laughs> it could be, you know, a, a part of a woman's body, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there's nothing before you but thing. I mean, talk about a good thing, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And they talk about, but they even say at the end, the transcend, like sort of they're mentioning the transcendence of it because they talk good thing, bad thing, old thing, new thing. It's all relative to what you are considering the thing mm-hmm. to be. It could be something really good or really bad, just like funk. It could be something really good or really bad, and bad doesn't always mean bad in a bad way either. Yeah. So there's like that's you know, a bad motherfucker, right? Exactly. That should be a horrible thing, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that should be terrible. <laughs> so there's a lot of transcendence in the lyrics, but that's how I've always looked at it. You know, here I am, and I'm out here among them. There's nothing before me but thang. Yeah. Out here among them, it's like damn. All I picture is like a hundred booties in some dude's face. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm out here. I am, and I'm out here among them. It's like damn. <laughs> but it could mean even more serious things than that. Too. You know what I mean? There's nothing before me but thang. It could be like a thing that's really hanging over you that you can't get away from. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever that might be. So, Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. Osmium, that's an that's a album you turned me on to. That is also one that's a little more difficult to find. Yeah, probably. And especially the um, the full one, right? There's, yeah, a, the there's one that's like seven songs, and then there's yeah. one that's like 19 songs. Yeah, exactly. That's the one to get. Yeah. If you like the Beatles or the Rolling Stones and you don't, you haven't really heard funk yet, you should get Osmium. Yeah. Because it's just so diverse. So many things. So many songs on that album I play for people and they have no idea. You couldn't guess you can never in guess a million years. You can never guess in a million years. There's bagpipes and, and, and psychedelic rock. Well, not that they didn't do a lot of psychedelic rock, but there's a like song psych- about a tugboat, right? The, yeah, the Silent Boatman. Silent Boatman. Yeah, yeah. But you know what that's about? Just a dude who can't talk. No, it's, on it's, a about, boat. it's about. <laughs> it's about. It's about after you die. Oh, the sil- You know, in Greek mythology, the yeah. boatman who takes you to Hades over the yeah. river Styx. The river Styx. That's what it's about. Yeah. I'm waiting for the Silent Boatman to carry me across the unknown waters. Fuck yeah, man. yeah. Have your coins. Okay. There you uh, go. Oh man, and um, also, uh, you know, what uh, before we before we start talking about uh, Secret Army, yeah. and uh, your solo work, uh, what, what is your favorite uh, P Funk album right now? What do you jam? Take in? it to the stage. By Always Funk been Adele. that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it, it's man. That is the, the funniest of all the albums. It's if a you great. Ask me. Oh, as far it, as comedy goes, from a comedian standpoint. Oh I, yeah, the title track is is George making fun of all the other funk bands. Yeah, and he was hoping that a lot of the other guys would like jump in the game and 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 hit him back. And most of them didn't. They either took it personally, didn't notice, or 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 um, or just ignored it or whatever. And he was like, "Man, come on, you, you know, you motherfuckers, come come and you know say something." Yeah, you know what I mean? roasted him a little bit. That's what it was supposed. It was a roast. It's a straight up a roast. Yeah, way before hip hop, way before all that, but but definitely after the period of the great friars roasts. Yeah, it was in that style. Yeah, you know what I mean. From, I love from it. a street perspective, but totally in that style. Um, and I just love that album. I think every song on that album is genius, and there's it's it's everything P Funk's supposed to be. The silly songs are actually serious. The serious songs are actually silly. The you know what I mean? Like it's the silly seriousness of P Funk in in all of its splendor. I want to put my stuff in your stuff. I want to do things to your stuff. Yeah, <laughs> stuffs and things and things and stuffs. <laughs> yeah, I want to do things to your stuff. We'll, we'll do that. To, you'll hear that tonight, probably. Oh yeah, probably. Stuff your stuff. Yeah. Put my yeah, we do we do that one a lot. Yeah, that's a beast. Yeah, man. 
man. And uh, shit, goddamn. What's get the name off of your ass and jam? Get yeah. off your ass and jam, it's man. Amazing. That song. is a murder fist staple. We oh, play, nice. Yeah, we play that at almost every show, that man. Is Nothing the party gets me. Song. I love the weird guitar solo it starts off with. It's I got, know. It's just for no reason. Yeah. It's like, like oh, okay, song, little beat, little beat, guitar solo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking cool. It's a great shit. album. It's, like you were saying before, it's hard to pick a favorite. Mm hmm. But the album had that ever since I first got it, that yeah. has remained my favorite P Funk album. Really? So where it's hard to say favorite song, it's really hard for me to say favorite song because the songs are also different. But album by far. You know, I would have to say the same thing happened to me, and uh, you are the one who gave me my first P Funk album that wasn't a greatest hit. Uh, what was it? Maggot Brain. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah. I thought and you'd then, like that. Yeah, and yeah. You were you the were... one that gave me Maggot Brain, my nice. first album. Yeah, 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 which is still my favorite to this day. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's a lot too. of people's favorites. I mean, yeah. it's just so fucking smooth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Super Stupid is my favorite on that. Album. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, Wars yeah. of Armageddon, I love that. What? Why did you even make that? song. Like, <laughs> what, like, of Armageddon? Yeah, it's like the, the 18 Dude, minute musical you know interpretation of the world it's, like, yeah. from beginning to finish. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, from beginning to like, end. And then they resuscitate it at the end. Yeah, The yeah, world yeah. dies and then and then they resuscitate it and the heartbeat comes back and the song comes yeah. back in and fades out. More power to the pussy. Power More poopy to the people. Pussy, yeah. <laughs> power to the Peter. Peter to the eater. Right on. Yeah. We actually did that live a couple times, believe it or not. What? Even with all the vocals and stuff where each one of us was like, shut that goddamn kid up crying god damn it like all the little i like, can't feel me yeah all of that is like in it it's in the song so we did it live a couple times it was dope that's amazing man humboldt county humboldt that's of where course, we did that's where you're supposed that's to where do you it. play wars of armageddon yeah <laughs> for the weed farmers and uh marcus do you have a favorite uh, oh yeah you just said oh yeah uh, maggot brain, maggot yeah, yeah, brain yeah, definitely man yeah, through and awesome through album. oh man yeah, awesome yeah can you get to that me and me <sighs> and your folks yeah. everyone get out there and read this and discover these funkadelic albums and probably albums there are so many amazing albums that you don't even know i've been studying this shit for 15 years now and i still don't know all of it right so just get in there just dive in deep it's a your mind will expand into a fucking infinity yes and then uh and then you also i want to talk about your solo work right here before we go danny cool now you uh you are you have your own albums out by danny bedrosian and then you also have daniel bedrosian in the secret army correct now what is the difference between that uh Okay, so the ones that are just in my name alone, I guess, are my solo albums, quote unquote. Okay. But they're as much solo albums as George's solo albums are. So it's mm-hmm. not like I only do myself, you know, I have other people on them as well. But maybe the focus is a little different. Maybe it's, uh, you know, uh, maybe the concept is a little different or whatever. Now, there's one I did where it was all just me yeah. called Seri Mystic. I did that one all just me. But for the most part, it's just a different focus. Secret Army is my band. And so we also do Secret Army releases. And it's made up of myself and the drummer, Ben Cowan and the bass player Lige Curry from P-Funk. So when we're not with George, we do our own tours with Secret Army and we play all over the world as well, Australia and Russia and all over the U.S., um, so that's something that we do on the off days, quote unquote, the off days. Uh, but we have six or seven albums out now with Secret Army. Damn. And then I have three or four solo albums in addition. So I think the next one that's coming will either be my 10th or 11th album in my name. Slow down. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. I have a lot of trouble with that. You know, there's always something coming out. You know, like take a vacation. I don't know how. It was Thanksgiving yesterday. You drove across the eastern seaboard. Exactly. This is how I spent my vacation. My Thanksgiving. <laughs> I left at 10 a.m. for from Florida mm-hmm. to New Jersey, Tallahassee. From Tallahassee, and we arrived at Edison, New Jersey, this morning at 9:30 a.m. God, 23 damn. and a half hours. I slept for three hours, and then I came here and met. You beautiful people. And oh, you're man. bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, That's right. Man, man he's going to be nuts tonight. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's 
And so, uh, what are we going to listen? We're going to listen to a song off your new album. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do one off the new Secret Army album called Endangered. Endangered. It's the title track. Um, and you get to hear the trio, the three of us, myself and Lige and Benzel, uh, playing together, which is great. And then um, another one I think we're doing off my newest solo album, Songs for a Better Tomorrow. The song is called Clam Dunk. I love Clam Dunk. I picked Clam, I picked Dunk. Clam Dunk. It's yeah, about yeah. eating pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's just like, I was so, I was like, I was like, the second time I listened to it, I'm like, I was just like, this song's about eating pussy. Yeah, clam dunking. <laughs> dunking for clams. Slamming the jam oh, around. Man, well played, Mr. Bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> and it is a smooth motherfucker. I love it. Oh, and you, you hear it. It sounds like sex. Nice. It's great, man. I can't wait. I'm going to actually, I might use it tonight. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll, I'll text <laughs> I'll, you in the middle. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> Oh yeah, but um, in the P Funk is on tour right now. Or? We are. We're doing just a small promotional tour in in promotion of the new Funkadelic album. Cool. Uh, first, you got to shake the gate, and mm. uh, just a few dates. We're doing today in New York at BB King's, tomorrow at, at New Haven, uh, Toad's Place, and then uh, Ram's Head in Baltimore the next day. Cool. And then you're going back to Tallahassee, taking a break. Taking about a month, about which a month? is a really long time for us to be off. So I'm really happy to be at my home and or at my studio and well, all. So that Everyone stuff. gets Christmas off. Everybody pretty much gets Christmas off. That's nice. Yeah, it is nice. That is great. I like to hear that. December is the wind down time, so I'll do a lot of studio work, booking shows, and, and some piano gigs and things like that. That's super cool, man. Thank you. And then, uh, you know, thank you, uh, Marcus, man. Thanks for coming in on your day off, great. buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem at all, man. It's a gr- fucking great time. Yeah, yeah. I love it. All right, and so uh, let's hear these. Uh, we're going to hear Endangered by Danny Bedrosian, Secret Army, and Clam Dunk by Danny Bedrosian. Thank you so much, buddy, for stopping yeah, by. Thank you, guys. I love you with all my heart, Love man. you too, man. Much and, love. And uh, well, that's it till the next time. Every time Danny in town we're gonna fucking do this shit because yeah. why not what else are we doing right all right funk will never die free your mind and your ass will follow the kingdom of heaven is within Oof. i'll see you guys later
Bye. <laughs> 